I want to begin by publicly thanking Bishop Tobin for being here with us today. Bishop, means a lot to me to have you present for this celebration. You know, Bishop Tobin did not send me to St. Pius. Bishop Jeleno did back, way back, in 1988. But Bishop Tobin allowed me to remain here as pastor longer than many bishops would have. And he even gave me the option of staying here after my retirement, which I am deeply grateful for. And all of this after my Green Bay Packers beat his Pittsburgh Steelers. In the <laughs> See, that's amazing, because if I had been in his shoes, I would have sent me to Siberia. <laughs> with a one-way ticket, for sure. Just shows that he's a much better man than I am, for sure. I also want to thank Father Najin for being the driving force behind his stay and celebration. You know, when he first proposed the idea, I said I wouldn't object to having a little something in my honor. Yeah, we have a different definition of the word little. <laughs> but I am deeply grateful to him, especially since we're raising money today for our school, and that's always been something very near and dear to my heart. I also want to thank the members of the committee who did all the work behind the scenes for this day, and anybody else who helped in any way, like our choir, the Knights of Columbus, etc. I don't know who you all are, but God knows. May he reward you in a special way for your charity and for your kindness. A couple of weeks ago, I came across an old video in my archives, a video that I had taped off the local cable channel way back in 1990, less than two years after I had come to St. Pius. It was a video of that year's Mount Carmel procession. It brought back a lot of great memories. And as I watched it, I realized how much has changed since then in Westerly and in the world, even in terms of hairstyles. <laughs> Couldn't help but notice that. Most of the younger girls who were present that day had that 80s big hair look. You remember it, ladies, for sure. The younger guys had their mullets. I had a black beard, <laughs> dark hair, and a lot more of that, for sure. But most of all, I noticed the number of people, the rather large number of people, who marched that day, but who are no longer with us. Starting with my mother and Father Najin's mom, who walked together and prayed together, prayed the rosary together that, in that procession. I had forgotten that until I saw this video. It was probably the last event of that type that my mother ever participated in. She died of cancer, as many of you know, on October 1st of that year. I pray today that she and Mrs. Nage are now marching together somewhere else, along with Father Dean Perry's dad and all the others in that video who've since gone home to the Lord. Yes, a lot has changed since September of 1988, when I moved into that house across the street and became the assistant pastor of St. Pius under Father Joseph Bessie. But you know what, my brothers and sisters? Some things have not changed. And for these I praise God, for these I thank the Lord in a special way today. One thing that has not changed is that St. Pius X Parish is still a spiritual powerhouse, to coin an expression 
from Bishop Tobin. He used that expression in a letter that he wrote to me a couple of years ago. Those words of the first reading, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, those words apply in a special way to this place. There are a lot of people in this parish, and a lot of people in the community of Westerly, who have the faith and perseverance of that Canaanite woman in today's gospel. I noticed that when I first came to this town. And I also noticed that there is a cultural support to the faith here that you don't find in too many places. I'm still amazed, for example, at how many people drive by this church every day and make the sign of the cross on their foreheads or bless themselves as they go by. I see it all the time. You don't observe that kind of behavior in most places. Even many of the unchurched and disconnected people here often have a remnant of the faith that they cling to, even if it's just a brown scapula that they got at the Mount Carmel procession one year and now have hanging on the rearview mirror of their car. A couple of weeks ago, I gave a retreat on spiritual fatherhood to the seminarians of the Diocese of Springfield. And in one of my talks, I made note of the fact that every parish has what I would call a core. The core is made up of those people who really love God, who are serious about the faith, who love the church, and who want to be nourished with the truth of the gospel. They're hungry for it. Every parish has a core. But not every parish has a core that's as large and diverse as this one has. And it's been that way for a long time. That has not changed. Neither has the fact that St. Pius X is a seedbed for vocations. In the last 25 years, we've been blessed to have many young people and some not-so-young people from our community say yes to Jesus' call to serve him in the priesthood, the diaconate, and religious life. It's been an incredible grace from God. And the grace continues, I'm happy to say. We have a number of young people right now who are discerning the call, in addition to Joe Broder and Zach Sexton, who are currently in formation. And I praise God for that. It's been an amazing thing, to say the least. You know, some people, I'm sure, think that I pressure young people into these vocations. I can assure you, I do not. In fact, the truth of the matter is, I don't even discuss the subject with them, unless they bring it up, unless they want to talk about it. My philosophy for ministering to young people is very simple, and always has been. Number one, you help them to meet and experience Jesus Christ in a personal way. Number two, you teach him the truth of the gospel. You teach it with clarity, you teach it with conviction, you don't water it down. Number three, you teach him the most important thing in this life is for them to do the will of God, whatever that is. And number four, you try to be a good example to them. And even if you're a very poor, imperfect example like I am, in most cases, those young people are going to figure things out for themselves. They'll come to see that Jesus Christ is worth investing your life in. And they'll hear the call without any prompting from me or anybody else. And then they'll get the support they need from the people of our parish and our school. And that's so necessary, that's so important. You know, you tell the people of St. Pius that you're thinking of being a priest or religious, and most of the people here 
are genuinely happy for you. They really are. That's not true everywhere. That's not true in every community. This is a nurturing environment for vocations, which is why our summer seminarians always come back to visit us. I used to tell them that when they would leave. Well, Father, I'm done with my tenants. Oh, you'll be back. <laughs> and then they call me, Father Ray, I got a week off. Can I come down for an overnight there? And go to Mass in the morning and breakfast and all that? You sure, no problem. In fact, once a summer seminarian has been assigned at St. Pius, we pray for that seminarian as a parish family, as you know, many of you, as many of you know, we pray for that man, young man, every single Sunday Mass until he's ordained to the priesthood. They appreciate that. I want to conclude my homily today by making it clear that I haven't said all that can be said, simply because there's far too much to say. I could talk, for example, about the wisdom I learned here in this parish in the last 29 years from great priests like Father Bessie. And Monsignor Jack Strzok was like a spiritual father to me at a very important time in my tenure here. I learned many, there are many great men and women who work for the parish and for the school. I could talk about them. People I've been privileged to work with who have gone the extra mile for me and for the people that they serve. I could talk about the incredible charity of the people here at St. Pius, how this is a community that takes the corporal works of mercy very seriously. I could talk about how, whenever I've asked for money for something that we've needed, I've gotten it. And then some. It's been 29 years of great graces and great blessings. Have there been tough times? Yeah, a lot of them. Have there been tragic moments? Yes, unfortunately, especially the tragic deaths of some young people. But knowing what I know now, would I do it all again? You betcha, in a heartbeat. Let me summarize it all by saying these two things. Number one, I'm glad I'm Italian. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Number two, I'm really glad I was young in 1988. I say those two things because they told me at the time that Bishop Gelano wanted a young Italian priest <laughs> down in Westerly, St. Pius, to replace Father Frank Santilli. And they said, you, Father Ray, fit the bill. I've been greatly blessed to be part of what Almighty God has done here in the last three decades. And I am thrilled and I am very grateful that now, in my quote-unquote retirement, I can still be part of it. God bless you all. <laughs>